Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alexa, play The Rich Eisen Show. Here's a station you might like. (laughs) (laughs) This is The Rich Eisen Show. Could you make the case that Jimmy Garoppolo is the most healthy quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers? Could they possibly turn around and say to Jimmy G, hold the phone? We want you to stay here. Earlier on the show, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Howie Long. Coming up, former NFL executive Joe Banner. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Writer and comedian Sarah Tiana. And now, it's Rich Eisen. So much going on here in hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the Wednesday before Super Bowl week. Right here live on the Roku channel. This Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate Sirius XM Odyssey, our podcast and so much more. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Ian Rappaport's going to join us from Mobile, Alabama shortly. Sarah Tiana will join us in studio in hour number three. We'll have some laughs, and I'm sure she'll have an interesting take on Tom Brady, what with her being an Atlanta Falcons diehard. That'll be a great conversation later on. Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo in their spots. TJ Jefferson, where he is stationed here on the Rich Eisen Show every single day in his favorite corner that he personally Appoints. I love himself. it. Over here, I'm man. glad that you do. Eight four four two zero four. Rich, as I mentioned, number to dial right here on the program. Longtime executive in the National Football League from the Philadelphia Eagles way back in the day, and so with Andy Reid making it to the Super Bowl for a second time with the Chiefs, taking on the Eagles, and then the Chiefs being generally managed by Brett Veach, who Andy Reid brought in as an intern back in the day in Philadelphia, and he's the general manager there, and Howie Roseman's still the GM in Philadelphia. The man at the top of this uh, this flowchart is named Joe Banner, who's back here on the Rich Eisen Show, longtime executive and friend of the program. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. A lot of Philly talk. Isn't it, though? A lot of read, a lot of Philly talk. But before we jump uh, into that, Joe, I want to I want to hit you on the on the topic of the day. And that's that's Tom Brady, uh, you know, who once stood on the field in Jacksonville, Florida, to prevent the the, the first Philly Super Bowl, uh, you know, from well, I guess the second opportunity for Philadelphia to get to the Super Bowl from happening uh, for, for a championship. What, what do you uh what do you remember that day or anything about Brady coming into the league? You got a good Brady story, Joe Banner? No, other than, you know, he causes my blood pressure to rise. No, I'm so sorry. I'm feeling well. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. But, I mean, he, right. he chose this no, day to retire. I mean, I don't think there's any question that we have to say he's the greatest of all time and had the success that he deserves and unparalleled. And, unfortunately, we got in his way one time and, at least the one time when I was there, he kind of ran over us. They got a chance after I left to get back at him, which they did. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a very, very painful day, i got to tell you. I'm we, sure. We had come so close, finally got there, and here we are on the short end of the stick, which people may think still, hey, I made it to the Super Bowl, but that's not how you feel. You feel absolutely horrible, indescribably horrible. Even years later? For real, Joe, it doesn't it doesn't subside? I mean, knowing you know what 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 you built there and what Andy's gone on to do and what everyone else there has gone on to do, Joe. You know, honestly, the fact that uh, we achieve those things for me is a great source of internal pride. Mm-hmm. The fact that I finished my career without having that opportunity to stand in that podium and hold that Super Bowl trophy. Mm-hmm. And share that moment with people like Andy. I worked 14 straight years with. I've been friends with Jeff Lurie since we were 14 years old. I'm afraid that hole is going to be there forever. And therefore, the moments that we came close enough to uh, overcoming that pain, 
um, also stick still pretty close to the surface. So I, I'm incredibly lucky I got the opportunity to do what I did. Got, worked with great people, take great joy in the success they're having. Uh, but for me, having got that close and dreamed about being part of a parade so many times and never getting to actually do it is is still frankly painful. I'm afraid. To Joe say. Banner here on the Rich Eisen show. Let's 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 hit this, Joe. Um, when did Andy Reid first appear on your radar screen, Joe? So we we were trying to find out what was most common in the head coaches that had most success, which we defined as playing in two Super Bowls. And interestingly, it had nothing to do with the football part of the job, and it had everything to do with all the other parts of the job, which were about leadership and hiring other coaches and managing coaches and, you know, having a really unambiguous philosophy that allowed you to be a strong leader because it was obvious, you know, where you were trying to take everybody. Um, And we started just literally doing research for a coaching change and asking people those kinds of questions to produce names instead of the traditional you know, who's the latest, most creative defensive or offensive coordinator. And uh, we started asking questions about, like, you know, who's a great leader or who is somebody that uh, drove everybody around them crazy because they were so obsessed with every tiny detail. And Andy's name started to come up. It was a very short list. It was actually David Shaw's dad, Mm. um, Jim Haslett and Andy were the only names that we got back when we started asking for this non-traditional list of names. And uh, Andy walked in the room, and I, I can't tell you, he has stories about, you know, people uh, love at first sight. <laughs> it was very quick upon meeting him and listening to him start to talk that I didn't need the other five hours he spent that day and then six hours the next day. You know, for me, it was just really obvious that what we had identified as likely to create success, he checked every box. Why, why is he so great at what he does? Joe, what do you think? Well, first of all, he's very real. And that's an incredibly valuable quality if you want to be a leader, especially a leader of such diverse people from diverse backgrounds. And, you know, you're literally managing people who are making, you know, 20000 and $40,000 in startup positions in your personnel department to quarterbacks that now are making forty-five or $50 million. You have to be real. You have to be honest. Um, he is um, influenced by his past, but he's totally open to change. Um, and it may be subtle in some ways, but he has changed and he's evolved in his time between Philadelphia and Kansas City. Um, he's just a good person. He's just smart. He's as hardworking as you'll find. I mean, I could go a long time just throwing adjectives at him. Um, and what I'm telling him is something you know and everybody who knows him. It's not like you've got to know him really great. I worked with him every day for 14 years. Mm-hmm. But I'll bet the first time you met Andy Reid, you had just a positive gut reaction to yes, him. Sir. And yeah. that's who he is, and that's what people have, and it gives him a chance to kind of start positive and just build from there. First time I ever met him, uh, live television, um, at, at that Super Bowl in Jacksonville, Eagles versus Patriots. He came and appeared live on NFL Network when we in our second Super Bowl that we are covering, and we decided to go live during the day. It was the first time that we ever decided to uh, have wall-to-wall coverage nonstop, hour after hour after hour. And he came in, um, a Hawaiian shirt and shorts. And I think sandals, you're, you're, you're chuckling because that's him, right? And he just sat down and, you know, put, you know, did that man spread thing he does with his legs and just sits there and he just talked, you know, and um, I'm gonna bet, time's yours. Like it's basically gonna, said, you know, it gets, that was if it. If we could get a picture of his office right now, I'm going to bet he's wearing what you just did. <laughs> You know, I'll bet he's wearing that. And it's 20 years later, you know, and and so um, and and, and now here he is with with Mahomes and and hooking him up with Mahomes. um, You know, uh, again, I know you weren't weren't part of that decision, but clearly, um, you know, Brett Veach was. What what do you remember about him? Brett Veach first coming into the into the the Eagles world that Reed brought with him. Yeah. First of all, Brett was somebody I immediately liked and saw a lot of potential in, even though he started at the very very lowest level. Right. They can bring somebody in in that area. Um, you know, hardworking, likable guy, you know, very smart. You know, the thing that most quickly impressed me about Brett was um, he had enough confidence to kind of start speaking up early and fighting for what he believed. Some scouts almost, you know, ooze towards the back of the room. They almost don't want to have to make you know, an absolute declarative statement about who they like and who they don't. 
And some can't wait to get to the front of the room because they have such strong conviction and self-confidence. Brett was the latter guy. And he was right enough that it started to get noticed. And the fact that he would eventually be a general manager and be really successful would not surprise anybody who was working with him back then. And 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 look what they've they've built right now. And and I you take a look at this team right after they lost to Tampa, they're like, we got to hit this line. And then when they you know uh, wound up losing uh, to Cincinnati, um, they decided you know we got to hit the the back end of the defense and and supplement the front. It seems like you know year after year, Veach has has kind of hit what what the what the weakness is and try to fix it. Um, how, how do you see the building of this roster, Joe, right now? You know, listen, it's, it, they've, <clears throat> they've taken the tried and true, what we did, philosophy of building a team, mm-hmm. um, which is get a great quarterback and dominate both lines of scrimmage. Now, that doesn't win you at Super Bowl. you still got some work to do. But, you know, if I can steal the uh, title of the famous book, Good to Great, you know, you are now guaranteed good. Uh, the challenge getting from good to great is large, but at least you've solidified good once you've been dominant on those lines. And, you know, I think the most impressive thing they did was when they lost a bunch of linemen a couple of years ago, Schwartz and Fisher. Um, and before you knew it, they had as good or a better line than they had, you know, when those guys were there. Um, defensively, you see them go out and get a guy like Clark that people were staying away from a little bit. There were a lot of scuttlebutt about his character, how badly he loved the game. Well, you know, he's been there, whatever, five years now, and, you know, he's a major contributor at what they consider to be a crucial position. So I don't think this is the last time. I mean, by the way, if you look at each decade, you know, so Aikman, Jimmy Johnson, multiple Super Bowls, you know, Bill Walsh and, you know, Steve Young and Joe Montana with multiple Super Bowls, you know, Brady and Belichick, you put together a top quarterback with a top coach before the decade's over, you know, I think the Chiefs will have that say, three Super Bowl decade like we've seen each of those combinations have before. Joe Banner, former NFL executive, longtime Eagles front office man, and, of course, team president for many a year right here on the Rich Eisen Show. When did Howie Roseman first cross your radar screen, the current uh, grocery shopper and general manager of the Eagles, Joe? Yeah, this is a uh, – I started getting letters from this complete stranger who identified himself as a recent graduate – of uh, Tulane Law School and University of Florida mm-hmm. undergrad about his desire to work in the NFL and actually broadcasting and leading with the fact that he had never played football, coached football, been the ball boy for a football team, but he was absolutely sure that if given the opportunity, he would be a great general manager. Um, and. The only thing that was conspicuous about that was that he sent these letters every single day for years. Come on. <laughs> yeah, every day. I got a letter from Howie Roseman every day. And I don't even know how, but I was on the phone one day with Mike Tannenbaum. Yeah. And somehow it came up that he was writing both of us a letter every day. Ah! Come on. And we started wondering, is, is he literally writing like the 32 letters every day? So anyway, we had a funny conversation about whether he was driven or crazy. And uh, you couldn't, we couldn't tell from the letters. So at one point, Mike called me up, and he says, you're not going to believe it. I've decided I'm going to meet this guy. I just got to meet a guy who actually is writing a letter every single day. He wants his job so bad. I just got to meet him. And I joked. I said, well, do it in a public place. You, know, you don't know what you're dealing with here. And we had kind of that laugh. And he called me up at the lunch. He said, listen, he said, I'm not going to hire him because with the opening I have that I was thinking he could fit, he doesn't fit. But if you get an opening, you should talk to this guy. He's smart. He's driven. He's not crazy. And I'm not sure whether he can be a general manager or not, but he's certainly good enough and smart enough that he deserves a chance. And so sure enough, I had an opening maybe six months later to somebody to help me with mostly research and stuff around the cap. And I called him and brought him in and interviewed him and saw what Mike saw plus, and that's what started his career. I'm not sure. I'm like Andy, who would have gotten a chance someday somewhere and been great. I'm not sure if Howie ever would have had a job in the NFL had we not uh, kind of joked about it, and then Mike met with him, and then I interviewed him and felt like, wow, the resume doesn't say it, but this guy actually could be a really good hire. Amazing. Here we are today. Amazing story, Joe. That's unbelievable. And then, you know, I guess uh, his – his fortitude in writing all those letters, um, 
he needed that um, with what what happened, you know, with the Chip Kelly hire and then finally getting his gig back. And and and, you know, it is a rarity to go to multiple Super Bowls in such a short period of time with a different coach quarterback combination as the Eagles are doing. It was just a few short years ago. It was Peterson and Wentz slash obviously Foles. And now it's Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. And this team is built all around it. It's not just coach quarterback combination. They are stout at every position. It's unbelievable, Joe. It really is. Yeah. No, they put together a great team and, and you're right to do it, you know, with the turnover that they had. Um, and listen, you know, I know Doug Peterson well worked with him for a long time. I felt bad when they fired him, but I understood why it happened and it may end up proving to be the right thing for both of them, you know, as we look over the next few years. Huh. Um, but just to think that it's only a few years ago and the length, the changes, the, obviously the highly visible and most important ones you just mentioned, but go through that roster. I mean, it's almost all from scratch. I mean, there's a group of Coxes and Grams and Kelseys that have been there since I left a decade ago, and I, I was actually there when we picked. Mm-hmm. But they're actually now a very, very small percentage of this team and a smaller piece of the guys that are actually responsible for winning. So they really rebuilt this from ground up in a fairly short period of time and have a team that, you know, I've actually said to a couple of people who are like, can you ever, could you believe that Andy is playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl? Could you ever imagine this? And I said, not only can I imagine it, but I'll bet it's not the last time they play each other. (laughs) Look at their teams on this roster. Right. You know, they're incredibly young, they're well coached, they're smart, and they get people making the personnel decisions that haven't started, you know, doing smart things, uh, haven't stopped doing smart things. So, not only are they in it, I actually think it won't be the only time the two of them are matching up against each other in a Super Bowl. Isn't that amazing? Um, do you want to take a bite at this one? Jalen Hurts saying after the NFC Championship game that there are certain people that didn't want him around when he got drafted there in Philly. What does he mean by that? <laughs> Joe, what do you think he means by that? I think he means by that there were like, what, 55 guys picked in front of him? Well, I guess he meant um, Philadelphia, though. I think he said when he when I was drafted here, he made it sound like some, you know. No. That's the way I th- yeah. that's the way I took it. I don't know what you what what you might do anything that you might know about his drafting there that that we could read no, into it to the I fan mean, base. I, I, I know about? they and this is what I thought he was talking about. I know that they had uh, great interest in drafting him, and I think the Howie and others have told the story. We were dead set on drafting Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. We actually had two twos. The second two, we thought about picking him, and then I thought, now nah, we'll be able to get him in the third round. And we waited. And the Eagles are really, and obviously he got picked by Seattle and we never got him, but the Eagles were really worried about repeating that. And they were really wanted their interest in Hurts to be unknown by anybody mm-hmm. um, and be confident in that case that we're not going to wait you know, indefinitely here. We're going to go get the guy. Because there were people that still thought, nah, they bat, not, that guy can't you know, lead or start in the NFL. You had to think non-traditionally about him to think he could be a guy that took somebody to the Super Bowl. So, you know, I just took it as they hadn't had much contact with him. He had no indication from them they were going to pick him. Hmm. Uh, but now that you say this, I guess there's multiple ways to hear it. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking what – so clearly he, he can't mean Howie in the front office because they they they, they liked him. Was it uh, – I I don't know, that benching in game 256 years ago in the final game of the year was just weird to see what you have in Nate Sudfeld yeah. – I mean, that was just the whole thing. Yeah. With, I, I was wondering if he was referring to anything that was going on behind the scenes there, or was it just the fan oh. base that was still into Wentz? I don't know what he was referring to, you know? Uh, that's interesting. I guess I had thought of it in a uh, in different light, but you could easily be right. Okay. Uh, but, well, look, we're all doubting him. I, I know. He deserves a good I told you so. <laughs> I agree. I mean, and, and look look at what he's become. He is truly remarkable. So do you got a, you got a, a first blush thought how it's going to play out? between these two before I let you go, Joe? What do you think? You know, I, I just think the key to the game is how Kansas City decides to play defense. I mean, the 49ers had a really good defensive game plan in the first half of this game, mm-hmm. and they may have won it if it hadn't been for the, the quarterback injuries, all of the above. Uh, Kansas City usually plays a four-man front with two linebackers and a lot of nickel, and that's actually the defense against Hur- which Hurts has had his most success. So the question for me is, is the Chiefs going to be like, we're going to do what got us here, 
in which case I think the Eagles offense will do really well. They're likely to win the game. Or they're going to say, no, this is a unique opponent, and we have to do something very different. What the 49ers did was they had five or six guys on the line of scrimmage. Now they dropped plenty of them. They weren't forcing every play. But it created an opportunity to stop the run with five or six guys on the line um, and confuse as to what they were going to drop into as its own, was it man-to-man, and who was covering who. And I think that's the right way to play them. And if the Chiefs do that, I actually think that, you know, Mahomes has a chance to carry the day. So I don't have a pick. I can't even decide who I'm rooting for. But if you want to watch for a key factor, I think watch whether the Chiefs are playing the usual kind of 4-2 defensive nickel, or if you see them playing more guys in the line of scrimmage at the snap. Uh, I think that's the key to what's going to end up happening in the game. Joe Banner, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, look for more of my calls, man. I'm, I can't wait to get your opinion on on, on the quarterback carousel and, what, and how the, the contracts inform what, what's going to happen. You you always have that insight, and I love bringing my listeners and viewers and, uh, and, and, and enjoy the Super Bowl. You, you have a lot to do with it. Enjoy it. Well, I very much appreciate you saying that, and it's, it's always truth. a pleasure coming on the show. Thanks, appreciate Joe Banner. Greatly, thank you. That's Joe Banner, longtime executive. Only hired Andy Reid, hired Howie Roseman. Watched Andy Reid hire Brett Veach. Come on now. I love Howie that. Roseman's story is amazing. Isn't that great? So, hey, kids out there, send letters. <laughs> write letters, man. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. I'm write dying, letters. I'm dying to know if he sent it to all 32 teams. Well, when we chat with Howie Roseman next time, we will ask. <laughs> Mike Tannenbaum, he's writing you too? <laughs> love it. All right, 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Ian Rappaport still to come right here on The Rich Eisen Show, live from Mobile, Alabama. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Sitting here at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or, or just stop by. Ian Rappaport was going to join us in about 14 minutes time from Mobile, Alabama. So much to talk about with him, especially since he just tweeted out that Tua has just cleared the concussion protocol. And also, Jerry and Stephen Jones are talking to Mobile, Alabama. And Stephen confirms that Mike McCarthy will call the plays and said that there was a philosophical difference between McCarthy and Kellen Moore and how plays were called by the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. And thus, uh, <laughs> Kellen is now coordinating, one would say, uh, uh, a generationally talented quarterback that's younger than Dak. You could sit here and say he's in a better spot. 
Although the state taxes are uh, exist. He could, yeah, I know. Is he with the Chargers? I don't know. Dallas Cowboys came close. The Chargers, as we know, did not. Well, they got just as far. They got a great halftime. They got oh, just as far. No, the cow the Cowboys made it to the uh the Cowboys ended Tom Brady's career. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. That happened in the wild card. Apples and orange. Yeah, I mean, and you forgot and that apples, the Chargers man. blew that second half lead. Wouldn't you rather be with the Chargers right now? Um, Why? You could say that Justin Herbert has a bigger upside than Dak Prescott. I think you could safely say that. Dak would push back and say, I've just gotten started. But um, that's, uh, that's, that's a conversation that will, it will be fascinating to me, play out, see what happens. But I told you, if you are going down potentially and you think it's time for you to take the full control of the operation while you still have it, and the owners are like, go for it. Then Mike McCarthy is saying, I'm, if I'm going down and I'm going to get criticized or I'm going to get some sort of heat coming on me, I'm calling the plays. I'm not handing it off to anybody else. Get out of here with that nonsense. And here it is. He's calling the plays. So there you go. Just like the old times in Green Bay, you'll see Mike McCarthy get in Dak Prescott's helmet, and this is it. Like if it, 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 the the team said that they are committed to drafting a quarterback, but they're also open to extending Dak's contract. Every year, Jerry says that they're they're going to start drafting a quarterback every year. You know who used to do that? I think didn't Green Bay used to do that? Bill used to do that too. That's what draft a quarterback every year, right? So Remember Ryan Mallett because you can't have enough of him, as uh, the 49ers point uh, proved. I think Jerry called Tom Brady. Um, I don't know who called Tom. You know, <clears throat> I wonder if we're ever going to find that out. I wonder if Ian maybe uh, has some insight if anybody lobbed a call to Tom in the last week or so. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if any if if his decision making process had anything to do with. Options that he would have on the table. You, you hear he was interested in playing other places. You, you hear he was, he was either Tampa or retirement. Who the hell knows, man? It's also funny that yesterday morning, Rick Stroud literally wrote a column and said that, you know, people close to Brady were saying it was likely, that was the quote, likely yes. that he returned for 2023 and a 24th NFL season. I don't know, man. Uh, I think he was planning to do it. I think his family knew about it. That's why they were there in the tunnel and they gave him a kiss goodbye. He acted, you know, when he said goodbye to the media, players thought that he was done. And then he sits down on a dune in South Florida and turns his phone around and (laughs) says, I'm out. You think that was this morning? Because he was here in L.A. yesterday for the 80 80 for for Brady Brady premiere. premiere. I don't know. He could have had it in his phone, and he recorded it before he left, and he knew he was out, and he was, and he knew he was going to do it this morning, and he popped it out. And I have no problem if he is using this, if you will, to promote his movie. Way to go! Content is content; it's yeah. yours. Last year was a total mess. He didn't like it. I don't blame him for for being upset the way it all went down last year. This year, it's just him, and it's close circle, and his phone. And thankfully, his iCloud didn't get hacked. You know, and he popped it out there and hey, everybody go see 80 for Brady in a theater near you this weekend. Go with God. God bless him on that. And, you know, there's one other thing I just want to point out here about Brady's career. Let's let's hit this because we kind of touched on it with with Howie Long. And I know it means a lot to you, Mike, because you were involved in the Super Bowl. I mean, we, we, we we're, we're talking about him in his 40s. That's the way I was drilling down on his greatness. Right. And then obviously. His 30s was the for the only decade in which he played, you know, of his of his life. He played his full 30s in the NFL. Not all of his 20s, and obviously not all of his 40s. Now that he's retiring in, at age 45, and we we talk about this Super Bowl, that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl, this Super Bowl, and this moment that he missed, or that moment that he was out, or whatever. But his it, it is amazing, and it shows off his longevity as well. That his first Super Bowl was the 9-11 Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, and the planes emanating from Boston, flying into the towers and the Pentagon, and we all know one went down in Pennsylvania, and thank God for the heroes on that plane, 
and and it was just just to speak for a generation that that I think you know wasn't alive for it or doesn't remember it and and that includes obviously my children who I'm so thrilled that's when I woke up Cooper today and Xander today and Taylor today and I told them each Tom Brady had retired and I, I and and for good this time <laughs> and 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 I was so thankful I said to each of them I'm just glad that you got a chance to see him play you'll remember it but the one that he first burst on the scene and shocked the Rams and shocked the world and shocked himself. I mean, this famous photograph we're showing here is his hands on his head. I think he was looking at his family like, I can't believe this has happened. Everything we talked about with Brock Purdy this year, this is it right here. That's it. Okay. Like a, a, a sixth round choice of the previous year's draft coming out of nowhere, pressed into service. And making the most of his opportunity. And that's the magic carpet ride against the guy who created the magic carpet ride of the Super Bowl and Kurt Warner and, and the greatest show on turf. And for him to go into this building with you two in the building. Half time. I just remember Goosebumps. The whole country. I, I was the security for that Super Bowl was, was unlike anything I've ever seen before or Crazy. since. Crazy. There were Humvee tanks and trucks. Tanks. Yeah. Trucks, Humvees, it took us, we went in like six hours before because Paul McCartney rehearsed for the pregame show that he was performing on that one. And you two did halftime. And you two did half. I have goosebumps. My entire body, I have chills. To me, that's the most memorable. And my connection, like I say, and I'll post it, with Brady is is that. And the whole country was was tuned in because we all still, even in that February, needed the break. Yeah. Even that was though the it first happened, event. right? It didn't happen. Well, I mean, out the baseball the world baseball kind of got us started, and yeah. then the NFL world returned, and then you know the season moved along and moved along, and then it came time for the Super Bowl, and I just remember being at the World Series in October yeah. of two thousand and one in November, <laughs> yeah. and and being really nervous, yeah. Being at these games and this event, being nervous for safety. Like, you want to talk about targets, American pop culture targets. These major sporting events were exactly that. And thank God the World Series went off without a hitch. But the Super Bowl kind of dredged it all back up again after November and December and January. And and the fact that the whole country was tuning in to watch it, maybe more than you know, ever before. And Brady goes out there and wins the Super Bowl. And it was the last Madden and Summer all together for yeah. Fox. And I remember Madden saying maybe the Patriots should play for overtime because this kid, I mean, what a situation. And then that, that throw and that throw and, and that play and that play <laughs> and this <laughs> and, and that kick. and taking the profit and not going broke, trying to make a profit down the field like he, like he, like he's a 45-year-old veteran to set up Adam Vinatieri for the field goal. It is the way, like, we are clearly focused and rightfully so on his longevity and everything that's happened with the Bucks and what he could have played this year. And we're, we're so caught up in the now. It's amazing that the then started with the 9-11 Super Bowl. And it's two days away, February 3rd. The anniversary of it against the Rams. And there he is as a young pup out there playing way over his age and at the time, no doubt, pay grade, becoming what he became after that. I just kind of wanted to linger about how it started and not forget that amongst the how it's ending. Unbelievable. You're you're 100% correct. And, And Chris, you are blessed. Yeah. To have that guy. All of New, and all he knows. New England. These guys all know it. They know it. ESPN is doing a, the top 12 Brady moments right now. I mean, well, and one that they're showing, and then, I mean, uh, you know, Talk one that they show it is one that I was in the building for at the old Meadowlands, <laughs> yeah. you know, to beat the Giants. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll hit that later yeah. on in the show. Uh, but let's take a break here. Ian Rappaport's going to join us. What, what, what? 
what did lead to Brady, you know, turning the phone uh, around and, and retiring and then hitting send. Uh, what did happen with Sean Payton? He reported yesterday that the Texans were all in on D'Amico Ryans and were getting set to get, get him. I mean, the guy did play for them. And uh, the Broncos tried one last sec tr- attempt to get him and then went to Payton. And Harbaugh was in the mix, too. Lots of stuff to talk about with Ian Rappaport. He's going to join us next from Mobile, Alabama, here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here in the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to doll. Joining us from the Senior Bowl uh, in Mobile, Alabama, is my colleague and friend from the NFL Network and NFL Media Group, Ian Rappaport. How you doing, Ian? Uh, what's going on, Rich? How are you? Excuse the uh, grunts and yells and oh, whistles good. and horns. I love it. The senior Bowl. You're amidst the I'm evaluation. I'm on a couple dummies. Okay. Not humans, but not like not smart people, but I mean actual dummies. I appreciate it. having this conversation. Okay, great. Look, this is great. I love it. This is you're, you're giving a, you're giving a flavor uh, and and calling in right from the middle of everything. So uh, walk me through the, the Broncos try to get D'Amico Ryan's at the last minute, try and sneak him from snake him from going to Houston, and and then turn to Sean Payton. Is that what your reporting is, Ian? Well, this, this this search has been a winding winding road for the Denver Broncos, and you know it it basically started with three top candidates. It started with Dan Quinn, who of course. Eventually went back. Um, it started with Jim Harbaugh and it started with Sean Payton. At various points, they decided that D'Amico Ryans would be their guy because his interview absolutely blew away Greg Penner specifically. Then they took a secret trip to Ann Arbor to go visit your friend Jim Harbaugh, who told them, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to stick in Michigan for at least another year. Tune in next year for when we do this all again. Um, and then they went, went back um, to D'Amico Ryan, who at that point made it clear, actually, I want to go to the Houston Texans, so I'm not doing a deal, but uh, Houston is where I want to be. At that point, they went to Sean Payton, who obviously was, you know, one of their top choices to start, but, you know, he is where he is in the pecking order in this instance. Um, then my understanding is at some point in there, went to D'Amico as well to make sure that, you know, see if his deal was in fact getting done in Houston and then agreed to terms with Sean Payton to be their next head coach. Okay. $20 million a year? What are you hearing? What's your thoughts? Um, I don't have firm numbers, but my guess is that's where it probably will land. Wow. Um, good for him. Yeah, I mean, look, the, or- the organization, yeah, I mean, he was rich anyway, but. No, I know, but good for him. You know, 
Yeah, and and I mean, I you know, I think he landed in an okay place. You know, these were there were not a lot of great great jobs this year. Um, everyone had a little something wrong with it. You know, like I feel like the Texans was probably the best because you could build from the ground up. Panthers was also really 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 good because you just needed a quarterback. But you know, with the Broncos, you have Russell Wilson, obviously. Um, you have a good defense, but a lot of money in a quarterback who did not play well last year. Um, it's an organization that they probably need some work, um, and I would assume he is going to get to work on that. But, you know, that's where he ended up. And, um, you know, I think it was pretty clear that he wanted to be in coaching this year rather than be on TV. So this is, you know, kind of how it transpired. And so D'Amico Ryan's going to Houston. Um, how, how did that become so solid? Is it because of his background with the franchise and the city? Is that is that essentially it, or, or what? What's your thoughts there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, you know, first of all, um, you know, I would say he was clearly the the Texans' first choice. Um, they were his first choice. You know, this was one that I think just made too much sense. And you know, Nick Casario, when you know you're looking for a coach, and obviously they've done this a couple times in a row. Um, from my understanding, the biggest thing here is just, like, who's the best leader? And for those of us who have spoken to D'Amico Ryans or spoken to people who know him or watch him as a player, like, this is a born leader. Um, and he comes at a really critical time in the franchise when it, they, they bottomed out. They are in good salary cap space. They got the number two overall pick. They need a quarterback. And their culture is about to start heading in the right direction. And he's, to me, the perfect guy to do it. And so, uh, what about the rest of the openings, and 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 who are they pegging, tagging? What do you got for me on uh, the Cardinals and and Colts? Okay, right so now? Cardinals Lou Anarumo is interviewing today, and Brian Callahan. Those are the two Bengals coordinators. They're interviewing yeah. today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, presumably they would come to a decision then. The interesting thing for me is going to be: let's say the Cardinals don't come to a decision. Let's say they just say, okay, you know, we're continuing our search. Well, that will make you think that they are targeting someone who's still playing. And to me, Jonathan Gannon would be the one if they are targeting someone still playing. So that would be kind of interesting to see where where that goes. The D.C. of Philadelphia is what you're saying. Yeah, someone who I think, you know, was considered to be a really, really, really strong candidate with the Houston Texans as well. Uh, So that's one thing. You know, the Colts are going to interview Shane Steichen still. I believe that is her seventh and final second-round interview. Pretty thorough process. Pretty <laughs> thorough process. Right. Um, and then, you know, they're going to pick someone. And I think the early thought was that, you know, it's probably going to be Jeff Saturday. I'm not so sure we're there anymore. I mean, I still think he has a chance, but um, it seemed like some of the candidates did really well. Um, you know, Raheem Morris, I've heard, has done very well. I think that's, you know, certainly one to watch. Um, sounds like Rich Passaccia has done really well. I mean, there's, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of guys who have. I'll be curious to see what they pick. But, you know, seven, seven final, it's tough to know which direction they're going right now. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider, uh, NFL Insider right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, um, walk me through what you know about Tom Brady's decision to hit send on that retirement video. Uh, so I, I will say this. You know, I, I try – with what I do to be obviously ahead of things and to know and to talk to people, figure out what's going to happen before it happens. Right. I did not know that he was going to retire. The people I spoke with, you know, also probably didn't know, but thought that he would play. Um, now I've since learned, I would say probably yesterday afternoon, I learned about the family obligations he has, his desire to be in Miami, to be with his kids on a regular basis. And that was the first time yesterday afternoon here in Mobile when I was like, you know what, maybe he won't play. Because he, you know, he wasn't going to be with the Dolphins. I think that was clear. Uh, I'm not so sure returning to the Bucks was something that was really in the cards. I, you know, that was probably clear last week to me. So then it was retire or go to, like, Vegas or somewhere else, and that's being away from your kids a lot. And I don't think he was going to do that. So he retired, and... No one asked my opinion, but I do think he made the right decision. Okay. Um, well, are you saying that just knowing the the personal stuff that you're you're not sharing because that's not your job to share that stuff? I mean, is that what you're basing that on? Well, I, what you just I, I said? think you know, being being around children, being with your family, 
you know, if that is the most important thing, and it sounds like it is to him, then being across the country, not able to see your kids on a regular basis, right, just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, does not make a lot of sense. And, and you know, unfortunately, we all know the news that you know what happened with his very public divorce with Giselle. Um, when you're not there, and there's a you know a wife who can pick up the slack, that's a that's a marriage, basically. Right. You know, when it's not like that. And then it becomes very different. So based on what you're you're saying, he surprised some people close to him by, by hit and send on a retirement video today. Well, I think he surprised, I think, you know, well, let me say something else. The people close to him mm-hmm. have known this was a very difficult year. And with all the discussions I've had about, like, where's Brady going to go? Is it going to be San Francisco? Is it going to be Vegas? Is it going to be Tennessee? You know, I knew it probably wouldn't be the Bucks. Like all these things, you know, the one thing that I kept hearing was it was difficult for him to play this year. Like, he was going through a lot. And to get himself to a point where he could be ready to play, mm-hmm. focused, fully ready. You know what goes into every Sunday for these guys. Yes. Um, it was hard. It was hard. And, you know, as I always say, it's important to remember that these are humans. And Tom Brady, as awesome a football player as he is, is also a human. Um, and I think it was tough to play every week. And that's, you know, another reason why I think this was a, a good decision. Ian Rappaport, a couple minutes left with him. He's in uh, Mobile, Alabama, on the field at the Senior Bowl right now, covering uh, that for NFL Network. So uh, what's the deal with Rodgers? You know, uh, he went on McAfee on his usual Tuesday spot. He's going to play golf this weekend, talking about how in a couple weeks he should have a little bit more solidity on whether he wants to play or not. And then remarked about uh, apparent uh, trades that are being mentioned regarding him that, that he's not involved with. What, what do you know on this front here? Yeah, yeah. I, I was, you know, with, with Aaron, it's tough to really know what he, I mean, he uses words, and he's very specific <laughs> he in what he uses. But it's never quite the whole story. So he said, there's conversations that have been going on without me. Were they trade conversations? Did he mean conversations about the future of the franchise? Did he mean planning that he wasn't involved in? Like, what did he actually mean? And, you know, I don't know the firm answer to that. Um, and I don't know that the Packers have engaged in any trade conversations, per se. Um, so, yeah, I would say to me, you know, is a trade possible? Like, yeah, I think a trade is possible. Sure. Um, is staying in, in Green Bay, but if you'd like to finish his career there and just kind of sucking it up and moving forward, like, yeah, I think that's possible, too. Retirement seems less likely to me, um, just because of the $60 million on the table. Um, but, you know, I could see it going a couple different ways, honestly. Okay. Uh, and then the, just returning to Brady, one last one here, uh, Ian. Do, is TV – I mean, obviously the contract's sitting right there. D- does anybody know or can you – have you heard what, what his next move will be? And I know he probably would be just like, let me be. I just made this announcement. Chill out. But – you know, there's a Super Bowl on the network well, it, that he signed it, with coming yeah. up, you know. I mean, it's funny. So, you know, we, we all we chase these stories, right? Right. Um, and we try to break stories. And one I've been trying to get for a couple months unsuccessfully, so if anybody knows, they should call me and tell me, if Brady didn't make the Super Bowl, would he be on the broadcast? And nobody would say. So might he make an appearance during Super Bowl week? Like, who knows? Right. Anything could happen. Uh, I think that would be some theater. That would be some theater. Brady showing up in the broadcast, but, you know, we'll see if that ends up happening. Ian, thanks for the time, brother. Um, uh, I know you, you you snuck this one in in between uh, hits uh, from the Senior Bowl on, on the network. We'll, I'll, see you, I'll see you next week. Thanks for the call. Right. Sounds good, Rich. Look forward to it. Take, Take care. care, brother. That's Ian Rappaport, everybody, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay. Yeah, Richard, Richard Deitch said that uh, Fox execs didn't know. They found out this morning like the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, because what is he going to – is he going to tell somebody in yeah, the tell. media, by the way, for the same company that is owns page six that has been all over him? Right. Come on now. Yeah, you can't risk that. <laughs> that get out. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me that the TV executives of Fox, <laughs> whose parent corporation people. owns the New York Post and page six. Come on. 
I'm sure the accounting department them. sitting there going, oh, we got to like cash yeah, that yeah, check that's now. Right. Oh, crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, as you know, uh, payroll sometimes takes a month to start getting things through. Good you point. know, you got to send the invoice. You got to send the invoice. Yeah. Brady didn't send the invoice. Got to get his direct deposit set up. You need a, you need to send or, a, like a voided check to them. And then, I, I imagine yeah. he won't be living check to check, though. Not probably. Uh, I mean, you never know what his lifestyle well, is. Yeah. I don't know. So there you have it. Tom Brady, I, I I think this is it for real. Yeah, this he is, it. is done. He is indeed not coming back. Wow, what a world for us to be realizing we live in in the NFL now without Tom Brady. Sarah Tiana and your calls coming up. So there's all of that right there. Jeff Saturday still in the mix for the Indianapolis Colts job. What happens if his name comes out and he's the full-time guy? I'm sure Twitter will be super rational about it. Well, I mean, Twitter's never (laughs) super rational about anything. I'm just talking about for real. Because the teams did play their asses off for him. Yeah. They did. And there were some moments where, man, the challenge flag should come out. And he's... Right. And it didn't. But he is also really smart enough to... Make sure year two, that's all buttoned up. Sure. Well, who's playing quarterback? That is it, bro. But it's been that way. Will Levis? Since it, sure. What pick do they have? Five? Three. They got three, don't they? I don't have the tankathon page open. I got it. They're four. They're four, huh? Arizona's three, Houston and Chicago. So the- they're going to have a pick. They're going to have their choice. Whether it's Stroud, I mean, if we assume Bryce Young goes first, right. Stroud or Will Levis, or they'll have their shot. I think, yeah, unless somebody trades, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't get a good sense, but the the general sense I have is that nobody's going to come trade up for any of these quarterbacks. I don't think so either. This year, I don't have that sense. Next like year is a different story. Yeah. Different story. Top five teams affected by Tom Brady's retirement coming up. 